Hi, everyone. This is Jonathan. And this is Jay. And this is Our Story, a podcast on American history. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Well, Jay, today we're going to do a little something different. Uh, hopefully something that will be a recurring feature on the show is we're going to talk about a historical movie. Yeah, and this is something that John and I had mentioned in the past. Now, we are taking movies that are historically accurate, not a movie like The Patriot, which was set during the American Revolution. Uh, movies about actual events that happened in American history. Right. So today we're going to talk about uh, the 2012 film by Steven Spielberg starring Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Lincoln. And uh, we're just going to discuss it kind of like a mini, I don't like saying review because I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be overly critical, just kind of dis discuss it. So I like to call movie discussions. Um, we're not going to go over fact versus fiction because like all movies, it's going to have some dramatic license. And there are things in the movie that maybe didn't happen exactly like the movies uh, portrays them or they'll have characters that didn't exist in real life. Um, so we're not going to go through that either. Uh, we're just going to give you our general impressions of the movie and talk about what we liked and didn't like about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So like uh, John said, this movie came out in 2012. So John, you know, I know, you know, you and I, we are both American history buffs. Uh, when you first heard this movie was coming out, just what were your initial thoughts? Uh, wanted to rush out and see it, uh, wait and see? What What were you thinking? Yeah, I was really excited for this movie. A um, level of excitement that I, I recently, within the past 10 years, only reserved for the Marvel movies or maybe the uh, DC movies before, you know, we got a couple of clunkers in a row. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was really, really excited about this. And, uh, you know, the first trailer blew me away. Just uh, Daniel Day Lewis's presence, and you know I love I love Daniel Day Lewis, and um, yeah. you know he, he did such a fantastic job in another historical uh, uh, movie, Gangs of New York, which is one of my top twenty of all time, Gangs of New York, and um, I was real excited to see it. I, I I was taken aback by his voice. I think a lot of people were taken aback by his choice of of voice for Lincoln. Of course, we don't have any actual recordings of Lincoln, so we don't know what he sounds like. Um, but Lewis took this, took it in this kind of high pitched direction that kind of took everybody aback. So yeah, I was, I was super stoked for it. It was, it was on a, it was, it was one of those movies I waited a long time to watch. Uh, 2012 was a good year. I think that's the year Avengers came out too. So. <laughs> well, oh yeah, that's absolutely a good year. Yeah. I mean, I had the same, I had the same feeling. Um, just I, to me, it looked like a great film. The trailers definitely sold me on the film, but I think I was already, I think I was already on my way to the theater. I, you know, the trailers really just helped me along. And yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis, um, great thing about him is, you know, he is he is a method actor. I mean, he learns as much as he can about this the character that he's going to play. Uh, you know, he does painstaking research and kind of looking at a behind the scenes thing, you know, like you said, John, like we, we don't know, we don't have any recordings of what Abraham Lincoln sounded like. So really all they could really kind of go about is, you know, where was he born? Where was he raised? What was the dialect like at that time? You know, they, they really tried to approximate it as best they could. Um, you know, famous thing about this film is, is that he pretty much, he pretty much stayed in character during shooting, you know, people had to address him as Mr. President, um, you know, but that's that's just how he is. I mean, he really gets into the role. And, John, I don't know about you. When I was watching this film, I was like, I am watching Abraham Lincoln. I mean, that's just how I felt with his performance. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's what he does. That's what Daniel Day Lewis does. He loses himself in a role. You don't, you don't see him. You know, uh, growing up when we saw Schwarzenegger movies, no matter what role he was in, we were we were just marveling at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. You know, but Daniel Day Lewis inhabits the role. He's very method. Um, you're right. He he does have. You know, he he wants you to call him by his character name. Um, I I also, I also understand that Sally Field, who played Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, Spielberg would refer to her as Mrs. Lincoln or Molly. Um, so it was, it was a, you know, it, it was a situation where these actors, and I think part of that is that they, it, it's a way to pay tribute to the work that they're doing and especially the people they're portraying, you know, um, I think Daniel Day-Lewis takes his, his, takes his acting very, very seriously. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's portrayed the three or four, I think. Um, historical people in his life in his career so um, he, I think he really puts the work into it to, to get as right as possible yeah he's definitely done a lot of, of historical type films you know you mentioned Gangs of New York uh, I believe he was also in Last of the Mohegans which is more of a period mm-hmm. piece um, he was in a film called The Boxer about um, I think the guy was like a middleweight boxer in Northern Ireland that was wrongly con convicted of being um, a member of the IRA. So that's a bit of a historical type piece. I mean, it, it seems to be something that he does. So really the overall, the overall plot here is, you know, it's, it's the civil war. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is trying to get the 13th amendment passed. Now, you know, I know John, you're a big, uh, you know, you're definitely a big student of history. Um, how much did you know about the actual, like what it took to get this amendment passed? Because for me, I learned a lot watching this film. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about that. I didn't, you know, all you really think about in 1865 is, is, you know, Grant chasing, um, uh, Lee across, uh, Virginia until a final surrender and, uh, you know, Lincoln getting killed in April, um, didn't know all that was going on. I mean, the movie takes place in about what a four to six week period, and mm-hmm. yeah, or maybe a few two months, maybe uh, starting around January thirty first, because that's when they introduced the amendment for a vote, and then they debate it uh, until the vote. And um, no, I didn't. I didn't know a lot about that. I mean, I knew the Thirteenth Amendment. I knew it obviously got passed, um, but I didn't know what was at stake. And I didn't know the other part about, you know, the the Confederate surrender or that even people in his possible Confederate surrender um, and how freeing the slaves would um, could interrupt that. And um, just the the pushback he got from within his own party, you know, was pretty odd to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the I think one of the big things that I really learned in this film was. I guess I had this idolized version of the way politics went down in this time period as like a very sort of civil, civil way of, of, of just really, you know, practicing legislation, practicing politics. And, you know, we see we see a lot of backdoor deals. We see a lot. I mean, practically bribery, things like that. Um, I mean, I I was a bit shocked when we see some of the steps that you know lincoln and those close to him that really wanted this amendment passed you know what they what they really went through you know 
the possible like again i i didn't know just like you i didn't know about this possible like the confederacy possibly surrendering and he actually lincoln actually kind of putting the kibosh on that mm-hmm. uh extending the war just to get this amendment passed and and it's I, I i like i said i really learned a lot watching this yeah and and you know they talk about it in the movie uh how you know once the because it was a lame duck uh congress how mm-hmm. Once the new, you know, the newly elected people were sworn in, he could have passed it. He could have passed it. And, you know, I, I read somewhere that he was, you know, if it did not pass in April, um, he was going to call them or not April when it was. I'm sorry. I'm getting my time confused. If it wasn't passed at that vote, which is dramatized in the movie, that he would have called them back in, I believe, March to um, he would call Congress back into session to, to pass it with the new with the new Congress. And uh, so it, it's not that it would never have been passed, uh, but Lincoln saw that it needed to be passed before the war ended uh, because then it, it gets to separate the two. You know, it, it, it's not something that needed to go hand in hand. Um, and I think he saw the importance of that, that it wasn't it not. And it just kind of takes takes away from the. The war was only for over slavery. And and because I think he also knew that once the Confederate states were back in, because he did want to kind of have this blanket of forgiveness and just welcome them back in, mm-hmm. he knew it would be harder for it to get ratified. Once, you know, And they kind of dramatize that when he meets with um, the vice president of the Confederacy with Ulysses Grant at the end, where they're like, well, we'll block it, you know. Mm-hmm. We won't ratify it once we're in. And I think he understood that. I think he understood the time. And, and you know, I think the movie in play, even plays with a sort of a mysticalness about Lincoln, you know, when they talk about his dreams and stuff. And, and maybe he, the urgency to get it done, you know, maybe there was a part of him that knew his time wasn't long on in the job or on the planet, you know. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, I think for me, I always kind of pictured Lincoln as this great orator and, you know, there's a key point in the movie where, again, I'm not sure if he was with his cabinet, he's with his advisors, and there's a lot of bickering going back and forth about, should we really try to push through and get this ratified now? Should we, should we hold off? Should we focus on winning the war? And it's, it's really, you could see, you know, by his performance, like to him, this is like petty squabbling and, you know, as uh, you know, I hope people know that John also does another podcast with our friend Alan, uh, Nerd and Me. And you guys did uh, a year or two ago. You did a, a great podcast on great movie speeches, and you highlighted the speech from this movie that he gives, where he basically slams his fists on the table and just delivers a speech about why this why this amendment needs to be ratified right now. You know, it's not. It's not political. It's not economical. It's just the right thing to do. And one of the things I took away from that speech is I really wish that people spoke like that today, like with that eloquence and that verbiage. I mean, I right then and there, I would have been like, Mr. President, I will ratify whatever you want me to like, like I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very uh, inspiring speech. And but you're right. It doesn't speak about the politics of it. It doesn't speak about. You know, this is what we need to do to get, keep the country together. This is what, you know, the Republican Party stands for, abolition. 
it was really about we do this because it's the right thing to do and this is why you're going to do it oh and by the way i'm your commander that's another reason why you're gonna do this because i want this done you know um you know because in the beginning of that scene he's sitting there patiently listening to the arguing and then you just see him like this is this is ridiculous you know i have to make them understand um and it was it was a lot of cajoling it was a lot of promising jobs to different to a lot of lame duck uh, senators or representatives, I believe, and um, mm-hmm. you know he he got it done. But to, to the the thing the, the thing I found funny was you know within his own party, you know I stated earlier that he had pushback. You know uh, you had uh, Adelaide Stevens, not Adelaide Stevens, um, Representative Stevens played with Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. who 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 didn't think he was radical enough, and then you had the. The, the Republicans that were kind of headed by um, the Hal Holbrook character mm-hmm. uh, thinking, you know, you know, their their main concern was ending the war. And if, if they could end the war without passing the amendment, they were willing to do that. So, you know, he was almost even, you know, aside from fighting the Democratic Party, you know, Lincoln was dealing with two factions within his own party uh, that he had to appease. And, and there's no. And as much as it's about what's the right thing to do and all that, it's a movie very much about how politics works. And I know, you know, we're we're old enough that we shouldn't be be so um, uh, wide eyed about politics even back then. But you you do tend to think that things were better. I think every generation thinks things were better in the olden days than they are, in, you know, whatever <laughs> present time is, you know. Um, but no, politics. I think politics has always been the same game, and just some people played it better, and and maybe. Maybe back then they weren't as open about being on Fox News or MSNBC screaming about the exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think one of the things is, 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 again, is I think like the mystique or the aura around Abraham Lincoln is, you know, with with the Gettysburg Address, uh, you know, with with his, the Lincoln-Douglas debates is, you know, this is a guy that could speak. He's, he's a great orator. Uh, you know, there's sort of this mystique about him being being a giant among men and 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 feats of you know physical strength and whatnot uh he clearly knew how to play the political game i mean like you said i mean he had you know he had people that thought you know uh and i think it was thaddeus stevens that um tommy lee jones played who yes, Thaddeus, right thaddeus i Lee stevens was from the 70s i think right? <laughs> i think so yeah the, i think he's part of the nixon administration or something. i th- i think so yeah and who, who thought that lincoln wasn't being because really you know all this all the amendment was really doing was was you know the emancipation proclamation free the slaves and correct me if i'm wrong but it's really the 13th amendment was just it was abolishing slavery period i believe and well, in the country, ahead, except in terms of um, the abolished slavery in the United States, except in cases of servitude, uh, not servitude, of imprisonment. Right. Um, okay. Which, you know, that's that's still a debate that goes on today about did slavery really end or did it just change? Yeah. And, and I think Thaddeus Stevens' position was is what he was worried about is that, okay, you know, you free the slaves and we're going to abolish slavery. But, you know, are African-Americans truly going to be free? Are they going to be seen as equal? And, you know, that's what he felt Lincoln wasn't doing. And then, like you said, other members, you know, were like, 
the war comes first, let's end the war, then we'll focus on this. And the way he he played all these angles and it's I, I mean, to me, I think I think it was a great insight to the man that Lincoln really, really was. Right. Yeah, and I think with Thaddeus Stevens as such a staunch anti uh, anti-slavery person, as a staunch abolitionist, and kind of a you know civil rights, which I don't know was really a, a thing, uh, well, a term back then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, he has that moment where he has to say uh, to appease some people that no, this is a vote for equality under the law, not not total equality. That not mm-hmm. all men are created equal. Um, and and I like how he turns around by saying, of course, I don't believe that all men are created equal because how could you be equal to, you know, he's talking to his political opponent. That would mean that you were equal. You're a slime sucking, blah, blah, blah. You were equal to <laughs> to the upstanding people that we are, you know, that kind of thing. So right. it was a nice turnaround. But it was also he he was forced to kind of go against and, and you know, to go against what he felt. And um, but he knew that's what had to be done to get the amendment passed. And um you know, it, it was a really, you know, the leadership, not just by Lincoln, but other people at that time was just really amazing. I mean, that, I think that's what makes that era so um, interesting to read about and learn about, um, you know, because in terms of times of great strife, whether war or anything else, true leadership usually comes through. And, and when you have, uh, you know, a, you know, whatever, a five, 10 year period where, where leadership's leadership leaders just kind of really show who they are and you have a lot on both sides great leaders it, it makes that time period very interesting Same time to the american revolution you think about the founding fathers and and, mm-hmm. and then the, the people that served during the revolution they were war um these are you know world war ii also you know uh, the best of people rises during the worst of times i guess is the best thing to say Absolutely. Um, something else that I kind of thought, you know, and, and again, this wasn't really the focus of the movie, but there was, um, I forget the, the the exact scene. I think uh, the Lincolns were hosting a party at the White House and, you know, different members of, of Congress and, and members of the cabinet were coming in. And like you said, Sally Fields, who played Mary Todd Lincoln, was getting into a debate with uh, yeah, maybe it was like Department of the Interior or but basically they were having a squabble over getting money, getting money, excuse me, to furnish the White House. And like all of a sudden I was sitting there watching going uh, like, oh, my God, like th- the president's poor, like he's he's poor and. You know, the White House is really in disrepair and it's just, you know, again, you have these notions of, you know, the White House is like the grandest house in America, if not the world. And, you know, the president is the most powerful person in the world. But yet this conversation or this debate that was going on, I was like, oh, my oh, my God, they're broke. <laughs> like they really have nothing. And she's she's fighting to get, you know, a few dollars to really prevent the White House from falling apart. Like I was I was kind of shocked by that. Yeah, it was it was a very different you know, different time. The, the presidential powers and, and the role of president obviously is has evolved through the years. Um, but yeah, yeah. Actually, she was fighting with Abby Stevens because of uh, he was the head of the committee or whatever the appropriations committee. Okay. Yeah, and um, but she gets the best line, and she's just like she just leans in and says to him, 
just remember they'll always love him more than they love you. <laughs> they, they will ever love you. He's like, and he just stood there like, okay, I need a drink. Um, yeah, Sally Fields had a great, and I read, I read that she had to fight for the job that uh, Spielberg told her she was too old for the job, and, and mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was ten years older, I think, than Daniel Day Lewis, and mm-hmm. twenty years older than Mary Todd was at the time it happened, but she fought for it. She actually. Uh, was able to do a screen test with Daniel Day-Lewis. He actually flew her from Ireland just to do her screen test with her. Um, which is amazing when I read that Sally Field had to audition for anything. You know? <laughs> like, that's Sally Field. <laughs> it's actually pretty amazing, you know, talking about casting. Uh, originally, they wanted Liam Neeson to play the role of uh, Abraham Lincoln. But I think right around the time when they were starting to cast the film, excuse me, and get uh, get ready for filming. That was right around the time when his wife, Natasha Richardson, you know, had passed away in that tragic ski accident. He had to really bow out. So it's kind of, it's, I mean, Liam Neeson is, is, is absolutely, he's, he's a phenomenal actor, but, you know, it, it just seems kind of strange that like Daniel Day-Lewis was the second choice. But I mean, they're, they're both phenomenal actors, but it's just. Well, from what I, what I read, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was actually the first choice and he turned it down. And then they got Liam Neeson, and then when he couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And apparently, uh, from what I read, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio kind of stepped in and, and called um, Daniel Day-Lewis and somehow convinced him to take the role. Um, mm-hmm. And thank God he, you know, he did, because he, he won, his, uh, I believe, his second best, best acting Oscar for it. He did, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. And I actually remember watching the Oscars that year. And I don't remember who the host was. Uh, it it really wasn't somebody good from what I remember. But uh, they were making jokes about that, about how he stayed in character throughout you know, the entire filming process. And I think the host was trying to be funny, saying like, oh, so if you saw somebody walking around with a cell phone, were you like, what devilry was this? And Daniel Day-Lewis was just shooting him daggers like... No. Well, that's what he said. He doesn't. He doesn't act like he's in the time. He just stays in character. You know, he's, exactly. he's like, "What is this hot food I am eating?" <laughs> he's, not, he's not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think he said something like, "You know, he he." The, the host asked him like, "Oh, if you saw any, you know, African American staff there working, were you like, don't worry, I'll free you or something?" Like making like a really bad joke right. about it. And Daniel Day Lewis was just looking at him like, "No." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So Lincoln actually did pretty well. It, it was nominated for uh, Best uh, Leading Actor mm-hmm. Oscar, which it won, and Achievement in Production Design, which it won. Which and that was very good. I mean, the the costumes and the production design, uh, it, you really felt like you're in 1865 um, times. You know, um, uh, yeah. It was nominated I, I, for, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, no, go ahead. Well, go ahead. It, it was also nominated for Best Picture. It didn't mm-hmm. win these, but it was nominated for Best Picture. So one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. It was nominated for twelve Oscars that year. Uh, lead actor it won, production design it won. Then it was nominated for best picture, best supporting actor for Tommy Lee Jones, uh, mm-hmm. best supporting actress for Sally Field, uh, best director Spielberg, best adapted screenplay Tony Kushner, uh, achievement cinematography, film editing, costume design, music by John Williams, and sound mixing. Yeah, and that was one of the things I was going to say is, you know, the cinematography was, oh my God, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, The way this film was shot, it was almost shot like in very dark tones from what I remember. Um, Really, 
you know, this is a very somber thing that they're that they're portraying as a very somber period in American history. And, you know, the, the, the setting, the lighting, the coloring, everything really kind of fit the mood. It's I'm actually trying to I'm actually trying to look up uh, that year's Academy Awards to see like who uh, like who who actually won <laughs> for out over. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so you, best... well, you do that. I, I'm, I mm-hmm. want to talk about what well, you look Go at. Ahead. I just want to talk about. I mean, the supporting cast is ridiculous. Uh, you know, you have Daniel Day Lewis. Well, the cast. You have Daniel. Day-Lewis, you have Sally Field. They have David Stratham as William Seward. Joseph mm-hmm. Gordon Levitt as Robert Lincoln. You have James Spader, yes. Hal Holbrook, Tommy Lee Jones, John Hawks, Jackie Earl Haley, Bruce yes. McGill, who. Probably the most famous Animal House alum, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, Tim Blake Nelson, Jared Harris was was Grant, who I think I think he was on Mad Men at the time as Lean Price. Uh, right. Um, Ronan himself, Lee Pace. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you even had uh, who was that? Uh, you had Dan Dane, who played the Green Goblin in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, Dane DeHane or something like that. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. He's at Walter Goggins is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. David Oyel. He was in the beginning. David Oyelowo, Dane DeHane. Yeah, that's who it is. And also um, David Costabile, who was on Breaking Bad. Yeah, just a great supporting cast. Yeah. So that year, um, so Best Picture went to Argo, which. Oh. I mean, it was a good film, but I mean, you know, and I'm looking at the list here. So um, well, Argo even fits into our, th- our, our 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 theme because it is it is based on historical f- fact. But you know, a, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of flack that Argo got was that it really downplayed the Canadians' role. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. and kind of it downplayed the Canadians and, and kind of gave more credit to the CIA than they deserved in, in getting those guys out of there. Yeah. And I mean, I, I remember watching that film and thinking it was a very good film. But, you know, uh, you know, Lincoln, of course, was nominated Life of Pi, Silver Linings Playbook, Zero Dark Thirty, another historical film, uh, Les Miserables, Django Unchained, Amour, which doesn't ring any bells, Beasts of the Southern Wild. And I'm really, you know, looking at that list, I'm really surprised that Lincoln didn't win. Um Ang Lee won uh, as best director for Life of Pi. Uh, for best, was it actress or support? Oh, supporting actress. Uh, okay, Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables as uh, Fantine. Okay, <laughs> I can kind of uh, understand. Yeah. I can kind of understand yeah, but, that. I mean that that's that's. I mean that was very spread out that Oscars because I remember everybody was upset that not upset but they're like oh my god the Academy hates. Um, Ben Affleck because his movie wins best because it's rare when best picture and best director aren't the same. Correct. Film, you know, or yeah. People, so yeah. <clears throat> they're like, like they hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> they love his movie. <laughs> uh, so in the best supporting actor uh, category where Tommy Lee Jones was nominated, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was nominated for the master Robert De Niro uh, in silver linings playbook, Alan Arkin from Argo, which that was a funny role, but no. Yeah. Uh, it went to Christopher Waltz, uh, you know, for his supporting role in Django Unchained. That yeah, was that was was kind of a good performance. <laughs> I didn't see Django Unchained, but I I didn't he win a year or two before for um, 
bastards. bastards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, and he's a, he's, he's a great actor. He's, he's absolutely a great actor. Uh, adapted screenplay went to Argo, which, you know, again, I found out after the fact, you know, like, like you just mentioned, John, like that movie took a lot of liberties and yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a shame. I'm not going to go through the rest of them, but yeah, that was, those were kind of the big ones. So yeah, a little, yeah, so, little I mean, I mean, Lincoln got love. It's a Spielberg movie. So it would have to be kind of extra bad for it not to get love, but you know, he's Spielberg because he's Spielberg, uh, because he does things like this, and and Day of the Lewis is who he is because he can make movies like this. I mean, you go through his list, you got Phantom Thread, which was the last movie he made, was that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, Lincoln, There mm-hmm. Will Be Blood, Gangs mm-hmm. of New York, The Boxer, The Crucible. He doesn't make a lot of movies. In the Name of the Father, Age of Innocence, Less Than Mohicans. Uh, my left foot which i think was based on a true story yes and i think he i think that's where he won his first one i think for best actor i believe yeah yeah, uh, yeah i know he won one for that yeah i know he's not i think he was nominated for there will be blood right i think so which was i mean again this is not a movie podcast but that, that was a hell of a movie <laughs> yeah yeah Drink your milkshake um <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you know, I think Lincoln gets a lot right in terms of capturing the era, capturing, if maybe not the exact um, verbiage used, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure the vote was probably a lot less dramatic, or maybe I'm not, who knows? Um, I mean, this is going back to the times when, when you know, senators would beat each other on, on the on the Senate floor with canes. So, you know, <laughs> some might think it's more civilized now. Yeah, but I, I, it, 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 yeah, it's a wonderful I, German citation of of a, of a pivotal point in American history. Yeah, and definitely look, it, you know, it's a movie. It's going to take some dramatic licensing, uh, but I think unlike the other historical film that came out that year, Argo, I think it took a lot less historical licensing than than a movie like that. And I mean. You know, the, it has to be done. It has to be done to make the movie interesting, to to really hold your attention. So, you know, I think if the less artistic license they take, you know, the better, obviously. And and I I really think that's why this this overall for me, this was a great film. You know, at a time when a lot of the films coming out were comic book films, action type films. Uh, you know, it was really nice to see to see a great movie like this. Yeah, it's it's thought provoking. It's dramatic, and and that's you know, I mean, this is a testament to the actors and the Spielberg. I, I, I mean, we all know the amendment passes, but that's one of the most dramatic scenes um, in movies that year. You know, that whole the vote and the debate about it, um, and that's that's amazing because you know how it's going to end. Yeah, that's definitely the mark of a good film when you you know the story already, but you're just so invested in it um, right. almost to the point where you do kind of forget and you're almost like, wait a minute, you know, is this going to get passed? Oh yeah, obviously it will, but it's, it's, it's definitely the mark of a good film. And if, if you guys have not seen this movie, I would definitely check it out. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a great watch. Great watch. Well, this is a movie I point to people when, when they say, Oh, history's boring. Oh, social studies is boring. And I always say to them, I go, that's because you're learning it wrong. If you think it's about sitting down and memorizing dates, that's not it. This is this is what history history is like your best dramatic movies, except it really happened to people. 
and that blows me away that, that these are things that people actually went through and came out the other end uh, and made you know world changing history you know, changes in the world and that's why I love history that's why I love learning because these are just really great true stories you know if you and I, if I feel like if I can get people to approach it that way then they'll enjoy it better and they'll they'll, they'll uh, have an appreciation for history so John let me just ask you really quick so you know this is based on a historical event how do you rank movies like this next to a film say like the patriot which is set during a historical era but it's not really based on anything um do you prefer one over the other or it doesn't really matter for you i, I well i do i like i like when they try to make it as close well this is an actual event the, i mean the patriot wasn't trying to portray an actual event you know mm-hmm. um you know, if they said we're going to do a movie on the Battle of Bunker Hill, or, and it turns out to be the Patriot, then I'd be a little upset because you <laughs> know a lot a lot of uh, factual leeway was given there. Um, but uh, you know, this was based on actual. You know, I'm thinking, you know, you and I when we talked about oh, we should do a movie every once in a while, we we brought up mm-hmm. let's say Miracle, okay, about the 1980 hockey team. Yes, that's a great movie because it's it's. True, it's what happened, and it also happened to be something I remember when I, from when I was a kid. Oh yeah, um, and and maybe there are moments that are dramatized, but I don't know. I, I think they're pretty close. You know, I think I think something like Miracle or like this. I think they try to stay as close as they can, and they don't dramatize this. Not you know the the historian Eric Foner F O N E R, he wrote mm-hmm. uh, the fiery trial, which uh, trails trail, which is a mm-hmm. Lincoln book. Um, you know, he was like. He was saying that the you know the movie kind of dramatized the uh, Lincoln's role in getting it passed, uh, like he wasn't the one. Abolitionists were the ones that first started the the proposal for a Thirteenth Amendment to abolish slavery. Which I don't know that the movie says that. I don't know that the movie was saying that Lincoln was the forefront of all this. Um, and you know he's one that that wrote that you know it it would have been passed anyway when the new Congress came in. Um, but, you know, the movie needs to dramatize it. There, there, look, there was a reason Lincoln wanted to get it done. So whether the movie, you know, kind of played with history in that sense doesn't matter because, you know, he wanted it done by this certain time. And that's true. You know? Yeah. And I mean, and I think, you know, the, the takeaway I got from that is, is when he does deliver that speech, he basically what he's saying there is like, look, slavery is awful. It's horrible. And the rest of the world knows it, and we're supposed to be—we're supposed to be setting an example. We're supposed to be showing the world how things are done, hmm. and we're still doing this very horrible thing. That's why it has to be right now. It should have been a while ago. It has to be right now. And you know, again, I, I think you know, people could argue and debate. You know, was it his idea? Was it abolitionist? This or that? If there's no Abraham Lincoln, you know, does it get done or does it get done in that time period? I think that's the takeaway from yeah. the film. And I think what also needs to be understood is Lincoln is still the guy. And this is I also think this is kind of the, the world we live in now where you're black or white, you're good or evil. You know, mm-hmm. that's where the political parties. That's why there's so much discord. No one's willing to reach across the aisle and really, truly try to work with each other. Look, very early in the war, in 1860, 1861, Lincoln said, if I can end this war and save the Union without freeing a slave, I would do it. You know, yeah. he was because he he knew he needed to appease the border states. Um, 
so the Civil War is not cut and dry. It's not good, evil, north, south, of abolitionists versus pro-slavery. Um, you know, a lot of the grunts, like in, like in every war, a lot of the, the grunts on the Confederate side didn't even have slaves. They weren't slave owners, you know. Right. It's, it's always the, the middle class and the lower class fighting the upper class war. And that's just how it's, how it's been and quite possibly might always be. But um, Lincoln was a, was a complicated guy. And, and I think I think this movie helps show that he could be complicated, but that when he also believed in something and, and stuck with something, he would do what he had to do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So what what is your preference, in, you know, going back to the Patriot versus Lincoln or things like that? I, I mean, I think for me, I, I think I prefer seeing really films more based on an actual historical event. You know, a, a film like this, a film like uh, Selma, um, just to really, you know, see history come alive. You know, a film like The Patriot, I enjoy it. It's great. It, it's set during a time of of American history that I particularly enjoy during the American Revolution. And it is sort of loosely based on some events that did happen, but to see a film like this, to see a film like Miracle, to see a film like Selma, to see these actual events unfold, knowing it's a movie and there's going to be a little bit of dramatic license is fine. It's it's just an amazing thing to see because, you know, you've said it, I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. History is some of the best stories out there. You know, it's it's you know, a story like this, it's, 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 it's so good. It, it almost has to be fiction. Like something like this couldn't have happened. You know, somebody had to make this up, but they didn't, it was right. real. And now we get to see it. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. It's you know how people, you know, like a uh, new, Z- new Zealand. Now they have like Lord of the ring tour. So you can go everywhere where the mm-hmm. film was made and stuff like that. And, and I get, I get the appeal of that. Absolutely. Um, but it's like when I'm, when I'm at uh, historic parks, like, Civil War battlegrounds, or Mount Vernon, or or Montpelier, or Monticello, or something like that. I mm-hmm. I I get chills just walking. There's this back stairwell in in. I don't know if you've ever been in the Mount Vernon. Um, uh, yeah, a, there's, I've been there. Yeah. Okay, so you know from mm-hmm. Washington's bedroom, walking downstairs to toward the kitchen area, um, it's it's short. Like I, I you know I'm not a tall guy. I almost hit my head. I just remember thinking like. How did Lincoln? I mean, how did Washington go up and down these stairs every day? Yes. I was like six three, um, <laughs> but it, it just gives me chills. And and you know, I remember I was walking up the front stairs, and our tour guide was like, "And this is the original handrail." And I got like my hand was on it when she said it. And I got like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I got goosebumps. I, I, it's I, just I, amazing. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel the history went on there. When I go to Gettysburg, when I go to the Antietam, when I go to. Uh, you know any of the national historic sites I go to when I'm in Independence Hall, it's just amazing to think of of, of the what world changing thing happened in that spot. Yeah, I mean, just really quick. I mean, a few years back, uh, we went down to uh, Colonial Williamsburg, and we actually went out to Jamestown. And uh, if you ever go out to Jamestown, they have. Across from the actual site, they have a replica, which is very nice. It's very, very good to see. But then you go across, you go to the National Park, you actually go to the site. And I remember, you know, going there, uh, you know, you go to the visitor center, uh, center, sorry, uh, you walk through and then you come out. And I remember standing there and just suddenly getting this chill and turning to my wife and going, 
this is where it all started like right here yeah and it's like i'm standing like where the first settlers were and it's it's awe-inspiring. It's, I mean, as amazing it would be to go to New Zealand and, and, and to see the Shire and all that, and that's really cool to stand on the ground where the first, you know, the, the first American stood. It's like, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I know your daughter is up at school in Boston. I don't know if you've gone to the Fen. I can't pronounce it. Fennel Hall. Fennel Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Hall. That you know, so much history happened in that building, and you know, I was at Jamestown too, and they were excavating. Archaeologists had just found an old well, and they were excavating it, and they were pulling out. Apparently, the colonists were using it as like a trash, a garbage can. Yes, because they were mm-hmm. they were pulling out like broken weapons, old pottery. I was like, oh, and they were showing us, and like, like this is stuff that hadn't been seen since, and it was garbage to them. You know what I mean? And we're like, wow, like here's an old, old, old musket that broke or whatever, and they just threw it away. And mm-hmm. uh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. James, and, and the, when I was there, because they have the actual footprints of the original fort, um, mm-hmm. one of the footprints is now in the ocean because the, the, the land had receded so much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so, but awesome. yeah, I, you know, with the Lincoln, uh, Pete and I on one of our baseball trips went to um, uh, the Lincoln home in Springfield. Okay. Uh, he, he lived there for quite a time before he lived up. He lived there until he became president and moved to the White House. We didn't go mm-hmm. in the house, but just being and they, they kind of leave the block looking like it did back then, mm-hmm. and just standing in front of his house. And there's a nameplate under on on the front of the door just says A Lincoln, mm-hmm. and I just I just like touched it. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you you almost wonder like, did he hang it himself? Did he you know? You know, how, how many times did he walk out the door? Did he see that? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's some of the best stories out there and it's real. And this is an American history podcast. There is history everywhere. So run out and check it out. <laughs> yeah. So definitely Lincoln, go see it. If you haven't seen it, watch it again. If you have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. I think Thanks so. For joining yeah. us. And uh, this is uh, our story, a podcast on American history. And I've been Jonathan. And this has been Jay. And just remember, it's not just history. It's our story. The Gettysburg Address by Abraham Lincoln. November 19th, 1863. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation, or any nation so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But, in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note 
nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Thank you.